Hi guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. This is going to be episode number 423. And I heard about a public meeting down at Cabela's at 630 uh, in Arizona. They're in the Cabela's on the west side of Phoenix on the 10th of April at 630. There was a public meeting uh, with Conserve and Protect Arizona. Uh, and I went down to check it out and they allowed me to record uh, the uh, meeting and what you're about to hear. If you have any questions or comments, uh, you can send an email to info at conserveandprotectaz.org. You can also go to their website, conserveandprotectaz.org. And um, again, their email is info at conserveandprotectaz.org. Guys, thanks for listening. Well, let's go ahead and get started. I'm not anticipating there's going to be a flood to fill these seats, so uh, we might as well get ourselves going in this discussion. Um, some of you, in fact, most of you have heard this or have heard of bits and you know, pieces of it. Um, very simply, we found ourselves in a situation where it was impossible to raise enough funds to carry on a traditional campaign to try to defeat the Humane Society if they were able to qualify their uh, initiative for the ballot. So with that in mind, we had to find an alternative. And uh, working with Commissioner Davis and uh, one of his uh, uh, people that he regularly works with, uh, petition partners, Drew Chavez, we uh, formulated a plan to keep them from obtaining enough signatures. And it was a little bit of a gamble, but desperate people do desperate things. And uh, the way I look at that was it, was it was something that, with the players we had, could work. And uh, we invested in it, um, went forward with it, and it worked to perfection. In fact, I, I would not have bet that they would have closed their doors until early July when they had to turn in their signatures. But they simply weren't making enough money. And they walked away from it. First time in 81 years, or excuse me, 25 years, and 81 issues they've ever closed the door. So it was significant for us. Um, granted, they're having turmoil and problems within their organization. Um, you know, that's good for them. Uh, it worked to our advantage without a doubt. But the simple fact is we cut their legs out from underneath them and they could not obtain enough signatures. It was impossible. I don't remember the final total. It was either seven or eight firms total. Fieldworks was the last. It, so uh, that we were basically able to keep them from signing. And uh, we're talking about millions of dollars. Uh, and they didn't get the job done. So um, it was a one-time deal here. That is not a defense we can use again. We know that. Uh, it was a perfect storm. It worked just right. We were under the radar the whole time. That was the, e the essence of the campaign, is to, for them not to know who was doing what. And they, up until the very end, they didn't know who was fighting them and what we were doing. Um, but that, like I said, won't happen again. If they choose to come back, they can, of course. They, they do have the money to do it. And, uh, I don't know whether they will. Uh, some people say absolutely they will, and some say no. And I'm kind of I'm, I'm I'm in the no camp right now. I, the reason I say that is I think they're going to go to fertile ground somewhere else. But 
On the other hand, if they want to make a statement, they come right back here and they can do that. So. Hey, you know, and you could probably address this just as rapidly. The, the consultant, um, how much would that guy cost to keep on retaining to make sure if they try to sneak in again that he calls us or contacts us or you bet. keeps us in the number one position? First of all, our contract goes through the end of 2018. We're, we're paid through them. We've already discussed the going forward in, in this plan, and Drew is going to work with us. Uh, he has uh, he's a he's a convert to what we're doing, and a, a real person who wants to uh, make it very difficult for the Humane Society. So um, uh, we have an open door, and that's one of the things. The relationship that we've fostered with with him has been very very good. Uh, so we feel confident that that's something that we would take advantage of going in the, you know, in the future without a doubt. He, he point blank said he would not be working for the Humane Society ever again. Good. That doesn't mean, though, that they wouldn't get their ducks in a row and do their research next time and do a better job of figuring out who it is they do need to hire. Right. So. And start a lot earlier. Okay. That part of our stall tactic was just that, to give them comfort in this whole thing and thinking that it's business as usual and they could at the end do what they needed to do. Well, we got into 2018 and they still didn't have it done and they found out that that wasn't the case. So uh, it worked very well. Um, any questions on that part of the, the campaign itself? Any, anything in particular? Did you ever hear, Pete, I know one time we were talking about paying field work some negotiated price not accepted, but did that just sort of fizzle out on its own? Yes. Yeah, that was one of those where you sit and, and let that percolate a little bit and hope it goes away, and it actually did. It worked out just right. Uh, you know, if we could have closed it out at a particular time and, and it would have been all over for the right amount, it might have been worth it, but it, we never got to that point. There was so much disarray with Fieldworks and the Steyer campaign. Steyer, of course, is Tom Steyer is the one who's putting on the solar uh, initiative. And uh, that, that that just never came together. And Steyer knew that the Humane Society was a poison pill. And he didn't want an association with that in his campaign. So that friction was always there. And it just finally, Fieldworks, who was greedy enough, they wanted the business, couldn't do it. So um, so now we focus on the future. And that's that's the key to this whole thing is what happens in 2020 or, or beyond. And um, it's a legitimate concern we have to be ready for and we've got to do something now to be proactive in order to be somewhat prepared for whatever it is that might come our direction, plain and simple. Um, Conserve and Protect Arizona, working with Commissioner Davis, is looking at all options. Um, it's uh, what we're, we're, we're keying on is the authority of the Arizona Game and Fish Department and protection of that authority, trying to set it up to where they are the only ones that can manage wildlife in the state of Arizona. Now, the definitive way to do that would be with a constitutional amendment. We're not considering that. Simply because of the money that it would take, it's a very high bar to get over. It's a supermajority vote when you change the Constitution, and it's something that is not realistic in our opinion. It really is not. 
but we can do some other things that make it much more difficult, much more costly uh, for somebody to come in here. And um, there's a, uh, right now at the legislature and the governor, they seem pretty much interested in making the initiative process more difficult for people to utilize. That's, there's two camps out there, those that really love the initiative process and want to make it as simple as possible, and those that hate the initiative process and want to make it as difficult as it can. And normally legislators are in the hate it because that's the voice of the people speaking, not them deciding what happens. And that's just the way it's always been. Um, but like I say, constitutional amendment not there, but a referendum which is basically the same as an initiative, except it's, it's instituted at, in the legislature, put forward, goes to the ballot from the legislature. They are interested in working with us to, to make good things happen. Um, so that right now is in the discussion stage is where it's at. Um, but we had a referendum ready to go right now, Kurt Davis had put it together and spoke to leadership and the governor's office. It was to put it on the ballot if we needed it this year, if they had qualified. One of the ways to defeat an initiative is to put a competing referendum out there or another initiative, either one will do the same thing, to where it confuses the voters. It's one of those things that they don't really know and they, you know, most people make last-minute decisions without much good information when they go to the uh, to vote. And uh, unfortunately, uh, that's sometimes we get stuck with things, but other, other things don't pass simply because people don't know about them or they're not sure what they are. So we had that in place, and that was one of the things that we would definitely would have done in this legislative session to move that forward so there would have been two, two issues on the ballot. And... Uh, so, Pete, how that works is then, obviously, it's just, if you vote yes on the initiative, you vote yes on this referendum, the same person just kind of equals it out. Well, is that how that works? It's, what it is, is if both passed, then it's, it's, it's sorted out, oh, there's another familiar face. <laughs> Rich Williams, okay, good to see you. Um, the number of votes is the key in that. And it just depends on um, where, at the end of the process, with the number of votes, which one gains more, and which authority. The referendums would not have been I, just the same. You know, one says you're, you're going to manage and shoot cats, and the other one says you're not going to manage and can't kill cats. It's not going to do that. It would have been a much different uh, referendum just to talk about all kinds of wildlife rather than it would, would be to our, our advantage we felt to speak to talk about wildlife in general terms and helping all wildlife than just cats so uh, really much different um, okay let us now switch off of what we just went through and talk about what we'd like you guys to think about and give us feedback on, which is very important. Um, raising money for issues like this from sportsmen or sportsmen organizations is incredibly difficult. We raise billions for projects and nothing for issues like this. It's just one of those things that it's, it's the hardest thing. It's been that way forever and 
You can't hardly get over it. I would not want to be in a fundraising campaign to defend what we just went through if we had to raise that three, four, five million dollars. Because I'm not saying we couldn't raise part of it, but I don't think we could approach five million dollars under any circumstances unless, well, I just don't think it's possible. So it's, it's unrealistic to believe that we can raise that money. Can we raise a couple of million bucks we had to? I think so, yeah. And actually what we're talking about um, gives us a chance to do that. Um, Kurt Davis is a believer in education. The department has been involved in uh, promotion of the uh, Game and Fish Department and, and basically trying to make the public realize the Game and Fish and, the, and wildlife are inseparable. We would take it another step forward and we'd be talking about game and fish, wildlife, and sportsmen, hunters, would be inseparable uh, and demonstrate that, plain and simple. The fact, I mean, we're talking about the, the kind of support that we give the agency in, in financial support is key for them to being successful and the public has no knowledge of it. Zero. I mean, it, they don't. So that's important. Are, you've seen some of the billboards around town. They've done some uh, radio uh, ads um, and some PSAs. All those are good, but it's not a comprehensive program to really get the message out, to, to develop a message that's going to get you where you need to go so that the public recognizes that uh, wildlife is here because of professional management and support by the con sportsman conservationists, plain and simple. Um, that's what we need to develop and get going as soon as possible. Uh, complete advertising and, and marketing campaign, TV, radio, print, whatever out there, and social media, obviously, as important as that is today. Um, so how do you fund that? Well, what we're proposing is that we create some special tags, and these are uh, not the same as the tags that uh, uh, the 365-day special commissioner's tags, we are talking about much different. The great majority would be raffle tags. They would be sold very inexpensively, five bucks, seven bucks, whatever the number may be. We don't, we don't have a number, except that it would be very inexpensive. This comes from the Utah model that uh, they've used up there very successfully. It's raised a lot of money and we believe we can raise a considerable amount of money here doing the same thing. Um, I'm not going to throw out a number of tags this time. Uh, the Utah model is 200. That's what they do. But uh, we don't have a number yet. But we would look at the amount of money we want needed to raise and try to figure out what it is. Maybe it's 100, maybe it's 150. I don't know the number. I don't. But they would be a mix of tags. Everything from early rifle elk tags to cow elk tags, archery tags. I mean, you, you, you mix it all up. Uh, deer tags, strip deer tags, uh, as well as other deer tags. Um, we believe that we can take those tags, sell the opportunities at five bucks a piece, and raise a, a considerable amount of money. Um, we can tie it in with the super raffle. And that's what we'd like to do because uh, we, the super raffle is already in place and it would be very easy to, to be able to uh, piggyback 
and really assist the super raffle in even making more money by offering these tags on a monthly basis so that there would be monthly drawings and people then could go to the super raffle site, pay their five bucks for one of these normal tags, you know, but they're five bucks. Um, you're going to do real well with some. Do we need a sheep tag or two? Yeah. Yeah. You need, a, like I say, a strip deer tag, you know, early rifle bull tags, uh, buffalo tags. Yeah, all of those. But the numbers would be small. We're not talking about all kinds, but some. We've even talked about the possibility of uh, um, using some of those, or making some of those auction tags in terms of, again, not 365 days, but just the normal length of the season. So that you're out there competing with other people that have that same tag that drew it. Um, Utah does that. They have zone tags up there in which they raise a lot of money on those. Um, and it's so, it is a possibility. It should be at least discussed. That's where we're at with that. Uh, we have some commissioners who would like to um, not have as many auction tags as there are right now. And we've got other commissioners who don't really care one way or the other. So this is going to be one of those deals that once we get some feedback and input, when you sit down and talk with the department and commission, it's all subject to change without a doubt. Uh, it's a dynamic process. But as far as we're concerned, it's better to discuss it all than it is not to take these things into account and, and plan for them. Um, one, one important thing that I need to talk about is the fact that the current tags that we have, those uh, auction tags, would not be used for this process. Those would stay with the HPC process so that the, pro the uh, projects would be funded. No takeaways. These are additions for the education program. And uh, we're steadfastly behind that. We, we don't want to see any uh, loss of funds for the, the Habitat Partnership Committee. Um, and we, we believe that it's, it's easy to, to do. Um, one thing I, I mentioned just a little while ago about some commissioners don't really like having as many auction tags. And this is something to, to think about. That's all it is. Uh, in our discussions, um, we have buyers now that are working with outfitters and guides and working with um, themselves, their network, to decide who's going to buy what, when, and how. Um, Good or bad, it, it just, you know, in the United States, we'll find a way. Commercialism brings, opens all doors. We're, we find a way. And uh, what I would say is sometimes that works to keep prices down. When it's opened up or when there's less tags, maybe a sheep tag, for example, statewide sheep tag, uh, or a elk tag, if somebody wants that, they're going to have to pay the most to get it. And so it opens up competition. Do you, do you get the same number of dollars from selling one versus two? Do you get more? Can't answer that question. But it certainly, one, will emphasize competition between all the buyers. And that is, uh, to me, 
for some of these guys, when they decide that they're going to buy a tag, they're all in. Um, I think in some instances it will set records, no doubt. Maybe sometimes it won't. But it's one of those things that, again, discussing, put it out to everybody. Um, if the commission wanted to move to a single 365-day tag versus two, okay, they can do it anyway. But um, And I'm not saying they're going to, but I, they, I, in talking to them, and this is, this is not new. I, I, we can go back decades on, on uh, the uh, auction tags. Some commissioners have absolutely hated them, just feel that it's totally inappropriate. Bill McLean was one that we just went round and round all the time. And he, he recognized the value, but he says, hey, I don't like the idea of selling hot wildlife to the highest bidder. And other commissioners would sit there and tell him, that's our job, to raise as much money as we can for wildlife for the agency. So, I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, so that's, uh, that's something that may come into play in the discussion of this. Um, I got a question. Chris? Um, actually, two sure. questions real quick. Okay. How would the auction tags be auctioned off? Would they be? Well, one of the things we've talked about is to put on an event. And uh, similar to what New Mexico just did, um, is basically if, if, if you had a single tag, I'm going to start with that one. If you had a single one where you had 10 big game species and you had 10 auction tags, we put together a, an event, um, what's been mentioned is in conjunction with some other game and fish things, their awards and maybe the expo and do some other things. Um, and we're not talking about a new convention. We're, at this point in time, we're talking about taking a step to have an event to where you would draw that or you would sell that. Um, not, at a, not at the organizational uh, venues that we have now. And that's why I brought up earlier, trying to think about that, is the fact if we did create a limited number of these auction tags, the regular auction tags, you know, the regular season auction tags, that would be a great place to put those tags so that the organizations would have that as an attractive for their fundraisers, uh, which could be done. Um, but that's we were all pretty much in agreement that we would like to see an emphasis on Arizona and create something here that benefits us here in Arizona. So that's that's what we've talked about. But again, it's far from being decided. And then next question would be: Say we do 150 tags. Throw mm -hmm. a number out there. Um, auction tags and raffle tags. Would those be taken away from the general draw tags? The only way you can do it, it it's, it's impossible, in my opinion, for the department to authorize tags beyond what they could, would normally give out. I mean, it's just, it sounds irresponsible that they would create, an, you know, these extra tags. So where you're going, to, you're going to lose some tags, if they stay within their guidelines, then you're going to pull some those tags out of those various hunts, and so they would obviously be taken away from the general draw. Yeah. I don't know how she do it and be, you know, right about. Would sheep and buffalo then be, would that be your once in a lifetime? 
would that be separate? It currently is not with this other special tax. So that's that's another one of these things that uh, you know would have to be decided. I I would say that they would remain outside of the once in a lifetime. We would almost have to. You definitely maximize the amount you receive for them. Yep. That's with the special attractions. You can get additional tax, yeah. and you can put in for <coughs> same. Well, whether you put in the same season, I wasn't sure the direction you were looking. Yeah, I think that's how you maximize the value. I agree. Yeah, it, in theory, if you do that, you know, we're talking about say if you if you draw a permit and you get a permit through one of these others, you could take two animals in one calendar year. We advertise the so, super apple that way. It's yeah. right on our website. Yeah. It wouldn't so, impact your bonus points either. No. no. Yeah. All those things are yeah. delineated on super apples, so this would probably be the same. Did you have a question, Rich? I mean, I thought you said something. Okay. Well, just a comment. Um, when you spread those tags out amongst a lot of hunts, there's a lot of tags. Oh, yeah. You know, if you, if you look at, may not be all that desirable, huh? But you look at a late eight cow tag, it's mm -hmm. 575 tags this year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I'm sure there'll be some grief over an early bull tag, but that's one. A lot of the tags would not necessarily be anything Yeah, and I gotta be honest with you, we, we've been getting those hunts done. You know, house for years prior. We had three early bull tags. So there's people out there that know. It kind of balances out. I mean, in the two years we run our house for heroes, we had a sheep pack. All right. Yeah. And I actually think we've had two sheep packs. I think one was too late that we couldn't pull it together. But I mean, we're getting the numbers we're talking about out of special hunts, we're getting donated every and I'm sure Eddie's getting some of those too. I Absolutely. Know, but I'm sure he gets some of those too. Yes. So. Yeah. Well, but you have to remember too that there's there's three things that you can get people to donate millions of dollars to: youth events, uh, veterans events, oh, I, I, and I and law enforcement and stuff like that. So I agree. And, and, and David, I would agree to say, and some of those are are donated out of love for vet. Some of them are donated because somebody got hurt. He got hurt, he couldn't make it, the business didn't let him. You know, I mean, that's that's the late ones that come in. I don't got me. In case I want to spell anything. <laughs> I'm not rubbing it. But, <laughs> but I mean, you know, we, you know, we've had really bull tags donated two days before because a guy just finally decided he, he can't go. Right. Yep. He makes two choices, turn to the department or donate. Yeah. So you know, we've got over 100,000 tags that are given out each year in very various forms. I, I just did a quick num uh, number of, and this includes everything from javelina right on up to sheep tags. And it's about 115,000, 18,000. Um, we're talking, if, if you do 100, 150, we're less than, way less than 1% here. So, I mean, we're not, we're not talking about a number that ought to really cause concern for folks and denying people, you know, their tags, so to speak. And the majority, as Tracy mentioned, would be, you know, 
like I say, I know some people that would just they almost kill for their cow elk tag every year because that's the way they that's that's what they want to eat and that's they want that freezer full and that's what they do. That's, <laughs> so it, it's going to be a, a, you know a number and a mix of, of tags. It has to be plain and simple. Well, I don't know that they change every year. Um, if I were putting the marketing plan together, I'd want to see exactly where the demand was, and I'd want to make sure that we could, you know, hit target that, and you can see where it is. Now, obviously, sheep, buffalo, early rifle bull, I mean, those are going to be big numbers, but the other ones, and to see what that, what that is. Uh, so... But I think that's what you'd need to do. You'd have to look at it and see what product you've got and make sure that you're, you were selling what people wanted to buy. So, Charles? Yeah, I don't know if you're going to cover it later in the presentation or not, but um, would it take a legislative change or can the commission um, create these tags or create the ability to issue these tags on their own? Uh, what channels do we have to go through to get them all? You bet. It looks like, yes, it'll take a legislative change. Uh, we're creating a, a, something, a, a new crit, critter here. And um, like the special commissioner's tags that were created, these could be viewed in the same manner. So I, I think right now we are counting on that and uh, that legislation would be necessary early in 2019 to get that done. Are you going to make them transferable? Ooh. We hadn't even talked about that. So, um, well, then you, get, you know, somebody had a Irwin bull tag or a sheep tag. Mm -hmm. I mean, they could, I don't know, sell it, auction them, and take it Right now, of course, that's not possible. And I would say that this commission, I'm just guessing, but this commission would be very reluctant to make that change. But that doesn't, that doesn't mean the buyer has to take the tag. No. No. Yeah. One thing, it's whoever shows up, puts his name on the line. They instituted a new rule this last year people aren't too much aware of. that The buyers have 90 days now. Instead of going up to the hunt date when it starts, the 15th of August, they have 90 days from the day they purchase it and uh, to make that determination whose name is going on the tag. But they do have, it's been limited somewhat now. But anyway. Yeah, the other issue too, if you can sell it, it gives it a value. You know, and then yeah. it's taxable. You know, so yeah. Like say you, you won the sheep tag sold to me for 100000 I'm not an accountant, but from what I've been told, then it can possibly create a, a yeah. tax implication. Yeah. The commission is against that. If you, if you can't sell yeah. it, you only can transfer it, then you can't put a value on it. Seriously. Well, like, whoever well, wins those 10 super raffle tags, they don't have to pay any income tax. But I, I think this commission, I know some commissioners personally that are, that, that's one of the reasons they implemented that rule because they th thought that was kind of going on behind the scenes with these auction tags. Maybe not so much with the super raffle, but um, yeah, they're, they're uh, selling them off. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Everything different. That's yeah. built into the rule, but yeah, to to they were behind the scenes making deals. And or maybe you could set it up where they're transferable, but the, all the money has to go back to. So if some guy didn't want it, and 
that went on and it was transferable, but no one could actually profit from that tax right. other than the game of fish. Right. That's in place right now. I mean, it's not supposed to. I'm not saying that it, you know, there's anything going on that's inappropriate, but it, it should be that way right now. It, yeah. um, so if we, and this is just, I'm just throwing this out there. Are we at risk of losing Pittman-Roberts funds in some way, shape, or form because we are, oh, well, Arizona doesn't need PR funds. They're doing their own little super deal. No. 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 PR is set by a formula. Yep. It has to do with area of land, number of license holders. And that form is in legislation and it changes. And, and volunteer hours play into that. So those three things are what help get the federal dollars. Yeah. And there's, to my knowledge. Now, and I don't think there's any language in the, in the Pittman Robinson Reformation Act, but I don't know if that's going any place right now. I think it's stalled in committee. Yeah. It doesn't look like it's going to make it this year, which is even more have more impetus because the department's already losing those dollars because gun sales are yeah. falling off a cliff. So, you know, their dollars are down this year, they'll be down again next year. I mean, that that's part of the department budgeting process right now is they're trying to predict the loss of Pittman-Robert dollars. Yeah. Pittman-Robertson dollars, which they've been pretty flush with for the last five yeah. years. Actually, last ten years, years since Obama yeah. Yeah. raised exactly. the Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, they're they're trying to figure out where that's going to go because it's going down and it's falling off. You're, you're seeing the gun prices fall. Look at, you know, they, all the gunmen Remington went under. The, they're reorganizing. Reorganizing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's just, and it's all predictable. You know, when you have a gun advocate for a president, everybody relaxes. No, no urgency. And then you have the other. And <laughs> what a and difference, huh? What? I'm sorry, Richard. Well, and again, you all may know or may not know. I'm just Pennon Robertson right now, the way it's written, and it appears it will stay that way for a while. The Arizona Game of Fish cannot put on the billboard buy a license. That kind of advertising is forbidden. They can advertise that they conserve and protect wildlife. They can say come and watch wildlife, but they, they can't put come hunt. They can't put buy a license for whatever goofy reason that, that it can't that's why the billboards are pretty pretty plain jane because there's some real restriction about what that money can be used for in advertising save the help us save the current system that can't be put on the billboard we can put it on the billboard we can put it on but they can't so when you talk about them spending education dollars spending their dollars pretty limited yeah, there are restrictions without without a doubt. You know, the, the, the concept, and I really didn't touch on it, I should have, is by starting an advertising campaign now, or as soon as we have the money to do so, and then continuing on, just developing and continuing to put that out there, you're going to get the kind of frequency you need for people to recognize, oh yeah, game and fish, wildlife, hunting, you're going to put those pieces together. But it takes frequency. I mean, it's it's one of those things that bear, you just don't pick it up. You see something, oh, yeah. And then the next day you might actually see the words. The next day you might get the concept. It's one of those things that it's, it's essential. So this is an ongoing program that would be year after year to move us where we needed to go. 
and that's why a, a program like we're talking about would, would give us the, the money that we needed and you would have it annually so that you could then continue that program and continue to develop it and get the message out that you need. The next question I have for you, Pete, what costs do, would you anticipate we're going to run into to put that legislation together if we do it in 19? Almost none. It's pretty Department, expensive. yeah. <coughs> You're going to be able to utilize, the commission will be able to do it. Thank yeah. But what happens if HSUS decides that that's how they're going to go after us and they get the Tucson lobby to come out and just pound the snot out of the Senate legislation? We they don't have enough votes. No. Yeah. Never say never. I mean, that you need to have a contingency plan. In, well, in 2019, they don't have enough votes. Yeah. In 2020, they may. So, timeline-wise, we're talking, uh, let's do this, rock it out. Uh, commission votes on it by August. It goes through legislation next January. That's 2019. Yep. And then it takes another six to eight months to implement it and get it going and advertise the snot out of it, and it takes us how long to make $5 million so we can beat them in 2020? It's an aggressive plan. <laughs> the reality is you're, you, we can shorten the timeline from when it goes into effect. That's one thing that can be done once it's passed and signed by the governor. Uh, there is a provision to be able to do that. It, we don't have to wait till the end of the year. But, the, but it's still going to take time. And no, no, no question about it. it, we go through 2019 with virtually nothing happening. And then in 2020, we can get started. So are we behind? Yeah. I just don't want to be too cocksure about this. And that's no, no, no. Hey, we're, not sure, we're not sure about anything here. Um, what we're, yeah, we, we're we wish sure we'd have done it we're sure that 10 years ago. If we don't do something, then yeah. we're in trouble. Yeah, we've got to start sure it. We've got to initiate it. We have to get it going. And this is the the only way we've come up with now hey i will tell you right now if you have an idea and there's something that needs to be right now this process is wide open wide open without a doubt uh, we're creating something here and uh, i can't say we have the final product yet we don't obviously i mean that's i i just want to make sure and and i've shared this with rich I just want to make sure that we stay together and we get it and we do whatever we do, whatever it is, that we all do it together and we do it together. I mean, that, that's the most important thing. I mean, we've had we can't do it separate. We've had the vision before, and it can't happen. Nope. It damn sure can't happen right now. And have the next five years be blown out of the water. Yep. We'd be done. They'd have us oh absolutely thrown out with the bath, you know, baby bathwater, all gone. And that's you know, and that's. Where do we start? Where, I mean, you guys, the, the, the email list, and I saw, you know, to, to, to be here tonight. Right. Look who's here. Look who's the here. The people that on a daily basis do something about, do, do, do stuff. Mm -hmm. Look, these people. Say what? You had yeah. to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You know. We have to educate our own people. And, and that's the thing, too. Like my question is, it's hard enough for me to swallow the, the tag thing we're talking about. Um, just because I, I personally don't believe in it, but I know what the cause is for. So it's starting to get easier to swallow. But how is John Q. Public that you know saves his money up all year long to be able to put his kids in and his wife in and himself and his whole family in for 
you know, deer, elk, whatever down the list. Um, those are the ones that are going to have an issue with it, big time. It's our job to show them that it, it's not, you can't look at it this way. You, you have to stop looking at it this way. I don't get drawn, I don't get drawn, I don't get drawn, I want to finally get drawn, and you're taking more tags away. You have to look at it that you're not even going to be able to do this. I don't think that has as much of a problem with the raffle tags as it would with the auction tags, is what I'm, what I'm seeing, what, I, what I'm predicting I can get to see. I, I agree with that. And then, you know, the other thing that we, it's always, we can never get our, get sportsmen, our elk, fired up until it's finally something that they don't like. Oh, and even, <laughs> I don't even go on Coos Tell anymore for the simple reason that I don't need to get my dander up because of the miseducation. Because people just jump to conclusions. And, and I don't even read comments in Game and Fish stuff when they have public comment because there's so much miseducation or lack of any kind of education that I just finally just, I know it's there if I've got to do my comment. But well, I think, I think that's some of the earlier edu education. I mean, hopefully before that, that, because we're not done trying to raise money for conservative protect. No. I mean, you know, those of us attached to the national organization are still going back and saying we need help. So, I mean, hopefully we'll be able to, to put some funds together, whether it's short radio spots, you know, we, we need to get on radio stations, you know, that there's some money to be spent, whether it's handing out flyers and standing at the zoo, you know, some some effort until we start raising large money. And, and the efforts that were made in the last eight months via Facebook and everything else really did bring a lot of people that it brought a lot of people it brought a lot of people to the table. I mean a lot of people that were that neutral, you know, the game of fish is always the polls the last year just said, we got the neutral and enough positive, we're, we're ahead of the game. So, we have to figure out how do we get, I mean, even all the stuff, you guys, Jim, you guys, you guys did a great job on Facebook and uh, uh, U.S. Sportsman did a great job uh, What's uh, uh, that's a sour note right now, <laughs> but yeah, the whole thing I mean, did a great job, got it out there. A lot of people were asking questions, but then there was a lot of people that I, I talked to personally that I'm like, well, What do you think about that? and they're like, Oh, you guys got it. I'm, I'm like, Well, thanks, but oh, hey, we're not worried about it. You guys got it, you can handle it, okay? But what if I don't? <laughs> Exactly. And, and you guys, you know, <laughs> I, I tried to get as many people dander up about it as I could. Scary. Here's the one, the one thing we got, we've got to sell is, for the first time in my life, I'm going to sign up for Facebook. Still and here's why. You were there. No, you weren't You there. just want your personal information. At the Winter Hog meeting, you were there. The guy from Powderhook was talking to us about his fear, you know, he was really interested in what we were doing, you know, because he's, he's on that bandwagon that this country's in dire jeopardy when it comes down to confession. You know, he talked about Facebook and one of the old guys in the audience, 
I love his flip phone. <laughs> and he looked at him and said, stone sober. That shit ain't funny anymore. <laughs> it's not funny anymore, guys. <clears throat> this is where you're losing the war. Yeah. He said, get on it or get lost. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not, not going to disagree, and I'm not a user. I agree. It's a that we can use. You know, and whether we... Whether we pay somebody, I'll be honest with you, a lot of our Facebook messaging going out on AES is being done by marketing people. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. yeah. That was one of the yeah. things because that we, we don't do it. And as an organization, we said, somebody's got to do it. That was one of the things that we were going to utilize in the campaign. If we had to face <clears throat> the Humane Society this year, social media was in. in I think we all remember the discussions that Kurt had with us. Uh, there are some people out there that are incredibly good at political issues and candidate issues in social media. They bas basically have determined the last three presidential elections. I'm wondering if they weren't the Cambridge Analytic people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Hey. Seriously, because we were told that one of the groups that we potentially had access to was one of Obama's Yep. Groups. And Obama used Cambridge Analytics. And so did Trump in 2016, but Obama did before that. Probably was. Yeah. And well, I, I'm wondering if it wasn't. The fact that some of us still don't like it, and I hate, I hate what social media allows individuals to do, that's the one thing that really bothers me. You can, you know, you can take a lot of license with that. And sure. I, and it, I don't like that, but the reality is it's incredibly important. It has to be mastered by us in this, so you're absolutely right. The other thing I want to touch on, too, is in raising money, we're going to need to continue to raise money without a doubt. This win that we just got was important for our group so that we can now go out and sell what we're going forward with. Um, you know, when you don't have any success, it's kind of hard to convince anybody, you know, you should be invested in. Well, I have a list of investors that I'm going to now, and these guys can all write big checks, million-dollar checks. Uh, we're going to get some of those. I really believe that. At some point in time, we will get those because people understand what we're doing and the fact that now we're not operating like a sportsman conservation organization. We're actually starting to act like a political organization and that's what we need that we need that we need that knowledge we need we need that uh, ability to convince people that we know what the hell we're doing and we have a plan I they'll invest they'll invest and we will get some of that money I'm confident of it how much I can't tell you any good good stories right now but it's it's time to start asking and it's time to start getting the people to invest that can invest so, definitely. I, I think that there needs to be, going back to the Facebook thing, that it's, it, it works. It works. 100% it works. I mean, they, they use it against us. We use it. Now we're starting to figure out. We finally got on board and we're using it for us. I've noticed that if Yuma Valley Rodman Club or AES or NWTF or anybody, any big organization puts something out, it never gets touched until AES doesn't get 
jacked until Steve Clark shares it. When Steve starts hitting it, then I see start seeing it just it catches fire. Uh, my why the RGC stuff? I write the stuff for Yuma Valley. I put it up there, and it sits there. And then I go on my private account and I hit share, and I add a personal note on it. Then it does the same thing. Both of them just sit there and watch them blow up because it's a more personal thing, because it's a trust thing, and especially with the people that we need to help us. It's all about trust, and because most of them are. I mean, you, you have very few, very liberal friends that go out and hunt or conserve and blah, 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 blah. And it, it, it's, it's really, especially right now where, where we need to, you know, we need to focus on the local level and bring people together. That's not expensive consultation from a marketing firm or for Facebook. That, that doesn't have a really, really huge price tag. So there's our marketing process in front of me. I'm watching your faces as you're talking. <laughs> am, am I right? I mean, it's it's not a horrible price. Jay, I was just going to say, um, in my opinion, social media has its negatives, but it has some extreme positives, and I I consider myself a good marketer of things, whether it be businesses or whatever that I use social media, but. If you don't market where people's attention is at, you have absolutely zero chance of getting the word out there. And whether we like it or not, people's attention is on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Your attention might not be there, but 99.9% .9 of the general public's attention is. So in just what I'm hearing, like, of utmost importance is social media presence with someone that can get into discussion and answer questions and inform the public and not sub it out to someone that's just going to do your posts for you, right. but someone that is engaged and wants to get the correct message out there. Yeah. There's no the I mean, you could spend all the newspaper, radio, TV. That's not where people's attention is. People don't even have TVs. You have to be where people's attention is. Yep. That personal. T I mean, Jay got it dead on. I mean, his Instagram stuff. You know everything he puts on there. It's his memories, and it 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 gets so many shares and so many likes, and that's it's personal, and and that's so. In my opinion, exactly. You have to use people within all of the 35 organizations use their credibility to get the word out there. You watch that you guys would sub it out to someone who doesn't have that credibility. All of us have our own individual credibility with all of our sphere of influence. Does that make sense? Yeah. I think it's a combination, Jay. I think you, you, you're going to take that credibility that you're talking about and you're going to share it with the professionals so that it's combined words together. You know, when we were discussing the use of social media if we needed to in this campaign in 2018, some of the discussions were they're so good at what they do, they can target 
specific legislative districts in Arizona, women between 40 and 60, of this party and that party or no party, and go, go right down to the detail to, to focus on who they needed to turn for that candidate or that issue. And I mean, it is so specific now what, what they can do and with a frequency. And it's not as if they, those people have to go out to find it. They make sure they see it. It winds up on their computer or their phone or whatever what they use. A perfect example it is watching, critical. Watching the Arizona Game Fish hire an actual good marketing firm last year to see the changes. And a lot of people get upset about the emblem change or blah, blah, blah. But if you see it's working, Wow is what it's, it's working because we brought somebody in that would No just, question. Absolutely no question. And, and so, you know, the 35 organizations, if we're not getting feedback from them because, you know, Jim, you're doing a valiant effort and, and pressure is what gets it done, but maybe it's not Jim's email that gets them to the table. Maybe Rich needs to go see him. Maybe Pete needs to go see him. Maybe John or somebody else needs to go see them. If we're not getting a response from, we got to keep poking at them. We have to. It. We have to. They have to. Everybody's got to come together. Everybody's got to work on this. Everybody's got to be at the table. And that's whatever we got to do. We got to keep poking at them, trying different ways uh, to sell one of them. You know, you start the idea in one of them's head and one organization and. And then we can get the fire started. You know, Chris, when you say this is uncomfortable, you're having a hard time swallowing. You've been a wildlife farmer for how many years have you been hunting? She's about all my life. All your life? Yeah, you've been, you've been wildlife farming all your life. It's pay to play. That's what we do. And we're good stewards. We manage the herds for health and longevity. But we farm and we're the ones that are having the right to do it because we're paying the way, you know. And and we're the rights. We're the ones that have done it right and continue to do it. And it's unselfish. I mean, we all have a love for the outdoors. I'm not saying that, but we're farming, <coughs> you know. And it's just the next step in that farm. If we're going to keep the farm. It's a resource. Rich, how long have you been farming? All my life. <laughs> do you know how much more work I put in to my crops than I get out of them? Do you know that I raise seven million dollars a year to get my salary? Do you know that I put three hundred and sixty days a year in to get my salary? It's unselfish. And though I do my take back a little and I do get a salary, we have to be very careful about how we do that. We can't exploit too much we have to Oh no, I, I, I agree. I, I that's but that's good steward farming. That's good steward ranching. You know, you leave behind you take what you need and you leave behind future generations. And, and so we, we have a current commissioner that's been practicing that for 50 years. And we have to, that has to be part of the education. I mean, it really has to be a part of the education. Yeah. Let's uh, bring this back a little bit to the subject at hand, because we still need more input, obviously, from a lot of people. But we're, as it pertains to what we've talked to tonight, is there any other things that you guys are thinking of that we need to bring into this equation that we need to think about? Right now, it's still, like I say, a work in progress, obviously, but. Okay. Just brain 
brainstorming off the top of my head is probably look at the states that already have some of these things in order, try and meet with them and see if you could potentially see the pitfalls or the challenges and problems which I'm sure you guys already have. But the general public's probably going to want to know that, that some of the, the errors or some of the errors of some of the other states that we can jump over those without having to go through and relearn those same issues again. Yeah. Actually, last night at the Antelope meeting, that, that was a concern that was brought up. Basically, what do we know? What what is, exists out there already, and what do we know, good, bad, indifferent, etc.? Yeah. Yeah. Other things? You know, down there at, at Newman Peak at that last project, there was a kid there from Coolidge, and he would go to any corporate whatever. He, he took care of the corporate account. Did you talk to him? He was talking to Ben, probably. Well, it, it was foggy. They, he didn't. He got there late, digging up less. They couldn't climb the mountain, and he, he left early. But I thought he was going to come to that board meeting. And I talked to him all afternoon. And you guys know me. I'm not. I haven't been on a computer in a year. So that stuff doesn't bother me. But you know, he was. He was. I don't know, he's 30, 35 years old. He said, all these millennials are running around here. They're all, a lot of them are wanting to hunt, but they've got no direction. And they've got nowhere to go to find any direction. And uh, it, was, it, was, it was pretty impressive just because of the fact that he says, you know, you guys are just missing the boat because you guys, you know, we don't, don't use social media like mm -hmm. younger generation. Mm -hmm. He might show up. He might be out there this weekend. I hope he does show up. But he was, he was pretty good. Pretty enlightening. Wrap your arms around him. Yeah, sure. Sure. You bet. Yeah. Anything else? Well, you can see the work we've got to do. I mean, it's uh, it's sizable. Uh, we will have opposition. There's no question about it. When people find out, they're might lose a tag or two or whatever it might be. I mean, it's, it's inevitably it's going to happen. Um, so be it. Uh, this is important. It needs to be done. Um, now is the time to to get as many people on board as possible, or get as many people as possible to comment and try to fine tune this thing. Um, just to give you a little bit of a timeline. Um, Commissioner Davis is one of these people that is always moving ahead. And he has that vision of we, we, we've got, we're doing this for a reason. We have a timeline and a target. And in order to get it done, we have to do this. So right now, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be doing a little more of this. And then it's going to become a discussion point more than likely at the May commission meeting. Uh, it may be at the May Commissioner's Retreat. It's going to be up in Kingman. Uh, so the time is short, is what I'm saying right now. For it, The Commission needs to decide whether or not they want to embark on this. Right now it's a concept for them just like it is for us. And there's probably number of different opinions on what it might be or, or should be, could be, etc. 
So as they're as we're doing what we're doing to try to give input to them and try to give something that we think is going to work or that we ought to try to just start a place to start, they're doing the same thing. So this is it's timely, and we don't have much time. Plain and simple. So if organizations need to talk, uh, do it. Uh, we're going to the Sheep Society tomorrow night and have a discussion uh, about the same thing. You know, try to glean as much information as you can, and when it's all done, sit down and put something together from as many people as possible, many organizations as possible. Um, and it's probably going to be a very broad concept. It's not going to be filled with specifics because we're at a point where we still need discussion with between us and the department and the commission so this is a we're, we're trying to put some sideboards on it to and focus it is what we're, we're trying to accomplish in this process Pete, mind I, we need to start getting that broad idea out before the commission starts talking about it because if the first time people, a lot of people in the state find out about this is from the discussion notes at the commission you know they're going to show up angry <laughs> and if we can start softening it a little bit and I mean by being even bigger than you're probably talking about I'm talking about saying that we have to take the next step mm -hmm. as sportsmen we have to take the next step towards saving our heritage towards you know we've got it we have to really start that and if we got weeks to get to the commission that means we got days to start doing that, mm -hmm. I think I think it's very very important to start getting throwing the ideas out there, or just the idea that we've got to do something, you know. And I think we better. I mean, I know I'll put a lot of thought to it on my two and a half hours home, but um, we better get after it. A real easy way we can do that is do a video. Um, and we could easily do it using, say, the Zoom platform. I could interview somebody, or you could interview somebody. We record it, and you know, with you, you can even use you with your passion of what you're talking about now. Of how about we've got to let people know. Get that on video, make it halfway short, and throw it on one of the pages, Facebook pages, and your comments are going to go crazy, and that's going to go be shared, and that's going to just be an easy, simple, grassroots way to get that conversation started and start out. Yep. And, and you can do a couple of them. You can do different people that everybody knows and, and say this is what we're facing and what we need to do and this is what's being considered. I think having the, the right spokesman at the right time and the right message. I went to the, one of the first meetings before Utah even got it off the ground. I think it was at Fanaz and Don Pay was in that room and I'd never met that guy before. And there was probably 100 people in that room. And I would say the overwhelming attitude was they were against what he wanted to do in Utah. And I've never met a person, you give them a negative comment about why it wouldn't work, and he could just spin that around. Mm -hmm. And if you told him why it wasn't going to work, he'd have five reasons why it should. I mean, it was just, you got to hear the guy talk. It's unbelievable. And he's not just yanking people's <coughs> chains. He's got it thought out ahead of time. And uh, he's got all the answers on why stuff works. And I mean, it was just, I walked out of that meeting, I'm just like, wow. Well, this would be a one-way one -way interview to where, you know, 
one of us, anybody, could say, this is what's coming down the pike, this is what we wanna, we're thinking of doing. It could be several different videos, different people, but it would be a one-way thing. So people aren't asking that person anything. It's just then you post the video and the comments start. Well, I don't think this is good, but then everybody's gotta be ready to comment back and reply to everybody that gets on there. It's like, this is a stupid idea. Why would we do this? Then everybody needs to come in there. The way we did in the very beginning with the Arizonans for Wildlife thing. I mean, we blasted those people the first couple we of days. We, we, we neutered their Facebook page within the first yeah. two weeks. Yeah. Because and they had to ban everybody from even commenting on their page because yeah. they couldn't take the truth. Yeah, because every time they posted something, 15 of us would get on there. It's like, well, actually, not really. You're wrong. Yeah. This is what it is. If that's how that's going to happen, is that conversation will then get shared with everybody. That's really important. Okay. I think one of the questions that you're going to face is from the public, and they're going to want to know a couple years ago when a similar proposal was made, how this proposal is different. And in my recollection, I'm speaking off the cuff, the way I understood the last proposal was it didn't have anything to do with the commission. It didn't have anything to do with the game of the fish. It was almost outside of that due to timing issues. I could be wrong, but the biggest thing that you're going to have to overcome is because the last thing that sounds a lot like this was a pretty stinky deal, how do you educate the public and let them know how this is different? And if it's not different, if it's exactly the same, why it's more important or why it's necessary now, whereas it faced a lot of opposition last time, what has changed between now and then that makes it, if it is exactly the same, why it's important, why it's necessary, and if it's different, what are the differences, and educate the public immediately. Legitimate concern. Um, it's one of the things that obviously will will come up quite a bit. Um, you know, the difference in this process is is is, is, is there, there's a lot of difference. The other legislation, of course, was created by an organization. It was introduced at the legislature and moving before anybody knew anything about it. And that, of course, is not the way to get things done. Um, I understand why they elected to do that. Uh, it was a poor decision, and it was doomed to failure from the start. We have done this in the daylight, and we are continuing to do that with the commission, with the department, and it will be a public and open process. We're scheduling meetings. We're talking to people. That was all done and put in place in the dark. And that's just, you can't do that. Not with, with something like this. I believe there was a timing issue with the governor going out or, or something where it had to get done or something. Well, the, the governor had signed off at that time. She was going to sign the sign it. It was all done, but it, it was that year they, they wanted to move it through the legislature and make it happen. Um, they actually did have dialogue with the commission. Well, when I say that, with two commissioners, not all five. And that proved to be a fatal mistake as well, because the whole commission had to back off it and say no. 
And when that happened, then it just ignited the whole thing when, the, when they condemned it. So obviously, we're not going to do this unless the commission supports it, plain and simple. This is a collaborative effort. So I think we can demonstrate that. Um, hopefully, everything that our, our hope was to get enough information to actually put something out to folks and say, look, this is what we're talking about with the commission and get that out there and then they can engage and that's, some of them still aren't going to like it but it's done in daylight it's not done I think the other room. challenge they have is the transparency I, I've read a lot about the Utah thing and a lot of people their biggest problem is they, they feel like there's no transparency in where the actual money goes how much money do you raise where does the money go and I believe that the general public would be I don't know how the process works, but I believe that if they know how much money's raised and exactly where that money's going, they're going to have a lot easier time swallowing than I believe that Utah maybe doesn't publish that. And I don't know if that's, I'm sure they have a reason, but I think that's one of the biggest things that the public has trouble swallowing. Yeah, and it's also up there, it's a three-way split. That's another thing, that the money's raised go in different directions. And so it is a difficult thing to track without, without a doubt. Yeah. This, much simpler. Obviously, we're going to be talking about one education committee instead of a habitat partnership committee, an education committee that would involve the commission, the department, and, and the sportsmen, women. Uh, so pretty simple. I think it's a, a real easy thing to do just much like the HPC process, but obviously it needs to be done in public and people can see where the money is going and, and how it's being utilized. Without and if that all happens through the commission, it's all public record yes. uh, and transparency. And transparency is our only defense. Yes. Yeah. Understand. And the other side of that is... down there in Tucson, we have, that's our only defense. The other side of that is there's nobody that's going to profit off of this. Obviously, we're all volunteers. And it will continue that way through this process. So it's not going to be lining somebody's pockets. Obviously, you're going to have an expense in, in a marketing plan and campaign, understand? But it's not going to, through an organization or other individuals, it's, it's all going where it's supposed to go. One thing, the important thing to remember, too, is, as you said earlier, this is going to have to be a piece of legislation. That will have to be spelled out just like it is in the HBCL. Yep. Other thoughts? Understand that. We haven't moved ahead of right now, like say, our Sheep Society tomorrow night, and after that, um, uh, just think, thinking ahead. The Deer Association is already on board. They'll be meeting us the following week, but they're they're already on board. They understand that something needs to be done. Which, which the the ADA. Okay, <laughs> not talking about any of the others, but because uh, I, I don't know the the new one doesn't want to be political at all, so they're going to have to deal with this and see how whatever whatever they do. But they so they can't be yet anyway, can they legally? Um, what? They're like a five year. Well, that's that. Yeah, that's for, but not on something like this. That's not a problem. Okay. Now, not advocacy of, of an, uh, what we're doing. That's not a problem. They can participate. Yeah. 
there's restrictions on fundraising and other things that they have to wait on. Um, so we don't have, as far as to answer your question, Dave, um, ACSFWC is coming up in two weeks. 24. 24. And I, I don't know if I don't know if meetings the answer. I guess I go back to what you guys have talked about with social media, podcast. Uh, we've invited now fifty people mm -hmm. to the Bass Pro and the Cabela's meetings, and we have twelve and. Eight of us have been to both meetings. I think so. I you're right, and I think that the response from the uh, from Jay's podcast, I think that can steer a lot of stuff. So I think in five days we'll know. I, I agree. I, I I think that's critical. I think you're you're on to something with the social media blast. From Tracy and Kara and Gil and you guys and AES and ADA and I think if we really want to grab some attention a delineation of the bullet points of what we've been discussing, the reason that we're talking about it I, I, I go back and when you were talking about tags I thought about our meeting on March 1st at Bass Pro when we met with the Sportsman's Alliance guys and we knew HSUS was coming and they looked at us and said, well, if they get on the ballot, you're looking at $5 million. And everybody's jaw hit the table. And people walked out of that, and you were there. My, my jaw hit the table. <laughs> people, walked, people walked out of that room going, we're done. We're absolutely done. That was my little room. Yep. That's like Nobody had an alternative to come up with the kind of money that we're talking about to educate, not just sportsmen. We can get that done with our networks, I think. It's the other people that we have to reach out to and find. That's the key. So while we can get people's attention and maybe buy, get them buying in with the tags and get them over the, the tags paradigm, we have to have a funding source to get to that 70% of those other people. And I, I think a softener is something to be thought about is, you know, I've heard a couple guys say, well, what's the end game on this? What's the that? What's the that? I think there needs to be some way that overflow or siphoning can happen. If this goes through, if we do this, it siphons any excess money or anything that can be deemed excess needs to go back to HP or habitat or somewhere. There's got to be some way to make the, the commission can do something. That way, if if in eight years we're good, we've educated, and, and it's, it's, it takes less to keep the education up, that the money goes back, there's got to be some way. Here's the, here's the conversation I had with Jim Ahmes a week ago. Because he offered up, well, what if we had 10% of these monies go to the education, the RESCO and HPC. And I said, Jim, if we don't educate and keep on educating, you can kiss your HPC money goodbye. Right. But I mean, if you're raising, if, I mean, if you do however many tags, you're looking at 
if you sell five thousand raffle tickets at five dollars and, and hundred you know however many tags, I mean that's a lot of money. It's significant every single year. It's not it's it has a potential to be a snowball and make a lot of money. It'd be a good safeguard and something to, to say back, oh yeah, but everything if there's once we figure this out, we can kick back. Here's our here's our problem though. Let me let me answer that real quick. I, I don't think need for education ever stops. Because if, we get, if we get through 20, right, and, and we've built ourselves a buffer, and in, in the meantime, if we're lucky, the HSUS implodes because there are more and more people jumping on the bad wagon and bury them. Right, another another one will pop up. We got one local. Right. Peter was our, our used to be our chimney. Now it's but, HSUS. There's another one coming. But we're still, but, but then we're still, I mean, let, let's say we, we've got money and we decide that for this year we don't need that money. That's your game youth recruitment. Because that, that can't go on a billboard right now from Game and Fish, right? But in two years from now, we've got some excess money and we say, okay, want to learn to hunt? Go here. Want to learn to fish? Go here. They can't do that right now. Unless they reform Pittman, Pittman Robinson, they won't be able to. Here's yeah, the other problem. I don't, I don't think that need for education ever goes away. We've got Maricopa County's growing yeah. faster than any county in the United States. And that's going to mean, that's not going to stop. And the state of Arizona's population is growing. We're now one of the most urban states in the country. That's not, that's not going to stop. It's not just the growth, it's the urbanization. We're the second largest urbanized state in the entire country. We, we don't know where it's going to come from. In two years, we could, we could have a some guy elected out of Tucson decides that he wants to upend the game fish department. All, all I'm saying is there has he to be a soft puppy rabbit that with big blue eyes or big big eyes that go blink 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 blink. If it's going back to the kids' education, whatever we've got to have something that's soft and fluffy uh, for the general public. They like to hear that. Kind of we stuff. we can't. We right now we have to worry about 2020 and getting this legislative remedy in place start building up an education process for the voters and then we can get in the classroom we yesterday hsus was in the classroom in tucson yep. and kelly pinkleton's all over the internet with her arms around the kids talking about how they love kitties and doggies i mean that's been going on for a long time so we're behind the eight ball already on that part but we've got to concentrate on these voters or we're toast my yeah. wife uh, just did a principal job so I talked with Pete a little bit about this, and uh, she was like, we're missing the boat by not getting kids. In fourth grade in Arizona, they teach history and science and outdoors. And she was talking to me about putting together a box of equipment that all fourth grade teachers in Arizona got. And we put the game and fish or other things. And I said, well, that'd be great. Come up with an idea. We'll submit it to the big one she decided about a budget. She goes, well, I don't know if I want to do that. I said, we can't come up with these good ideas and not follow through, but she sees that and she says, we're missing the boat. Oh, yeah. We're going to develop that book for classrooms. And then yeah, ACSFWC yeah, paid for a game and fish program a couple years ago. I don't know what happened to it. Yeah, five years ago. How do we get Hunter Ed as an elective in high school? Who <laughs> knows? I get what you're saying, David, but I don't think it's so. It's going to be changing so rapidly in the next two years. I, I, I think we'll be trying to raise more money for education. I mean, 
I'd rather have it in place and it never and the, and the hose never siphons anything than than to not do it. I think that would there's a lot of guys, a lot of people, excuse me, that it's something to consider. I think it's something. Do you think the HPC is underfunded? No, but at least there's, but there's pockets in the HPC not being used. Well, that's my point. There and maybe it's not HPC. I just, like I said, I just want the software so right now there's, there's that no everybody method. can latch on to. Right now there's no method, real method. Pete, you help me with this because it's been a while since I've read the HPC legislation, but there's no method to move money from critter to critter. Just cooperatively. That's the only way you can do it. To show, to show yeah. mutual benefit. Which has been done for the last year. It has been, but, but it's not some of that money is pretty, I mean, it's hard to get cooperative money from these guys. Well, that's because they're cantankers. You guys got a lot of money in HPC. They're funding us and you've got an excess of a million dollars. Yeah. And, and it's hard to say that's cooperative with them. I guarantee you those drinkers drink animals, more animals than just sheep drink out of those drinkers. Well, this weekend, there you go. There's yeah. I don't know. I, I just you know. I think they gave it as a kind of a kind of. A point. We don't. We want to. I would. I'd I don't more, think we'll ever reach that point. But I'd be a lot more sympathetic to uh, siphon or overflow to HBC if HBC was clamoring for money. And I don't think they are. Basically. Well, it, but it didn't have to be HBC, Jim. It could be. But that's the model we have right now. We've I know, but HPC with the it could be back to the it could be back to the department for education facility or you know something like that. I, I don't think we're ever going to get there, but you know it's legislation and well and that's, that's it that's it that's part of one thing you want to look whenever you enact legislation. You know, are we going to have to go back in a year and fix this or two yeah. years and fix this or can we put some things in here yeah. so it. It weathers time, you know. Oh, you get right down to it, though. That money won't part of the We're like, we're the stewards of it, but it's not. They can money. spend it if they want to. That, yeah, yeah, that's that's correct. But you don't want to lock it up so tight that no, yeah, it it's, can't be. It's a point to consider. Jake, that money that you're talking about raising is that just for education? For, okay, so that, so, so the the positives that Utah spends on their program is they do incredible habitat projects, they do education, they do X, Y, Z. What you're saying is our money that you're proposing here is strictly for education. Yeah. We already have the habitat side of it covered. So now, obviously right now, the most important need we have is and education. And you're talking education almost from a political it's a very broad term. Okay. And, and that, that's, that's one of those things that you can define it as narrow as you want to in the legislation. And the problems you have doing that is then you have, this is where your focus has to be. So I would, I would tell you that you, it ought to be a broad way so that you can change if needed and put more, you know. So people are going to want to know that there's representation as to where the education goes, meaning who gets educated, when they get educated, rather than a small two guys say this is what we're going to do with the money, right. the public's going to want to know that there's 
50 organizations that say we all have input into where this money goes? Our, our discussion and revision right now is like the HPC process. A lot of people sitting at the table, department, commission, sportsmen. Collaborative effort. Anything else? Well, thank you all for coming again, many of you. <laughs> um,